Hello and welcome to Normal World. Uh, QB is out today uh, due to a family issue. So just want to put that out there up top. But for now, the news. A couple having sex on a budget flight to Spain were caught in the act and arrested after the plane landed. Fortunately, it wasn't spirit, so they immediately didn't have to go back to work. (laughs) A new study found that cats fed a vegan diet are healthier and live longer than those that eat meat. Great news if you want an old gay cat. (laughs) I do. (laughs) The country of Nigeria was hit by a widespread blackout today. Upon hearing the news, many of your uncles were promptly banned from Facebook. (laughs) Drew Barrymore angered the WGA by announcing that her daytime show will return despite the strike. Barrymore defended the decision, saying, if our show stays off the air, we might lose our viewer. (laughs) Measuring in at 722 feet, an Idaho restaurant has assembled the world's longest Philly cheesesteak. Or as Lizzo likes to call it, two, please. (laughs) (laughs) Several Tonight Show employees have accused Jimmy Fallon of creating a toxic work environment. Most embarrassingly, he kept breaking and laughing while creating a toxic work environment. (laughs) Ellen never did that. She was a professional. (laughs) And welcome to Normal World. I'm Dave Landau this weekend. You can catch me at Visani's in Port Charlotte, Florida, Friday and Saturday with Matt McClowry. And of course, you can, uh, oh, look, there I am. I'm a little boy surfing. That's me and Matt getting away from Epstein Island. (laughs) Thank God you made it out. (laughs) Right? This is go way back. Look how cute I was. Uh, So as usual, we have Angela. Hi. And today's guest, uh, he's a nationally touring comedian, uh, television writer. Please welcome Adam Yenser. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yes, my pleasure. Did I get your name right there? You did. You've gotten it right every single time you've ever said it. Uh, isn't that crazy? <laughs> yeah, you're the uh, only I, one. I know. I'm the only guy who's done it every there's, time. Uh, there's, a lot of times idiots will say Yesner. <laughs> I can't imagine <laughs> yeah. the garbage human beings that that would be. Dave's <laughs> really good at names. Yeah, I'm top dollar at it. I'm not uh, some <laughs> common street trash that would ever say that. <laughs> uh, I guess Lizzo's vegan. I, I don't believe that. No. That doesn't seem possible. Mm, <laughs> Although, that, that was part of the allegations against her, though, that she made whenever dancers like eat a banana out of a stripper's private parts or something, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. yeah. That, that was the fruit by the foot deal. <laughs> she's like, I'm going to sit. She's just sitting there eating a jack o' lantern. jack o' lantern. So, yeah. Like like what Lizzo, she's vegan like the uh, hippo at the zoo. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. Hungry, hungry Lizzo's. Yeah. It's one of my favorite games to play. Yeah. Except you don't want to actually be near it. Yeah. It'll take your hand off. <laughs> Show me how vegan that is. Ah, low-hanging fruit, <laughs> which she doesn't eat. So anyway, two, uh, well, you know Drew Barrymore, right? Uh, I've heard of her, yeah. Do you know she has a talk show? I did. I've heard rumors of that too. I've never, never seen it. Evidently, it's real. Uh, she has a, a daytime <laughs> talk show, and it's so important that she is going against the SAG and WGA strike to go back to work. America demanded Drew Barrymore back on the air. Well, yeah, they're sitting around all day going like, what? Like they're waiting to get their car fixed, the daytime TV. There's no white noise in the background. Yeah, there's nothing to let their dogs <laughs> listen to when they go grocery shopping. <laughs> that should be her tagline, the Drew Barrymore show. Number one in dogs waiting for their <laughs> owner to return from the grocery <laughs> store. 
she's going against uh, the the unions um, and going back to work because obviously, you know, she wants to help the people that work for her. Yeah, they want to help the below the line workers. They're yeah. all out of work right now too. Yeah. Yeah, she wants to help the camera people and the you know her. <laughs> And the uh, two audience members were kicked out of the show today. Uh, Drew Barry, they were wearing WGA pins, which, uh, if you don't know, is Writer, Writers Guild of America. Uh, the members were handed WGA pins by picketers as they walked in the door. And a spokesperson for the show said, It is our policy to welcome everyone to the show tapings. Due to heightened security concerns today, we regret that two members of the audience were not permitted to attend and were not allowed access. Drew was completely unaware, and that's just where they left it. <laughs> I'm not sure if it had anything to do with the pins. I just don't think she knows what's going on. Ever. We assure you she was out of it all day. Yeah. <laughs> she had nothing to do with the choice. She's never made one. I've never, I've honestly, I don't think I've ever seen much maybe one maybe one piece of an episode the only thing i ever seen from the drew barrymore show there was a clip where i think drew dylan mulvaney was on and they okay. kneeled on the ground and talked about how they're both for real legitimate ladies or something <laughs> <laughs> so no yeah <laughs> spin the bottle with bud light yeah. <laughs> well we actually have we actually well, i guess i could be wrong we do have some behind the scenes footage of do of drew i said do <laughs> Uh, Drew being uh, confronted about her cancellation. Drew! The SAG and WGA unions are upset that you're going back to work. Yeah, like, people need to work. Well, all the other shows are staying on strike, and even your best friend Jimmy Fallon isn't going back to work. Well, yeah, but, like, Jimmy admitted to, like, abusing his staff. So, like, if Jimmy says that he'll stop being mean to people, I will go back on strike. Okay, well, let me give him a call. Hey, Jimmy. <laughs> I mean, your highness. <laughs> Hi, Jimmy. Sorry, that was Drew. <laughs> oh. Okay. Uh. What did he say? Well, after he stopped laughing forever, he said the movie Fever Pitch sucked because of you. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> she knew. I have to say the movie Fever Pitch sucked because of everyone involved. I don't think I ever saw that one. It was... Uh, I've seen more of the Drew Barrymore show than I've seen of Fever Pitch. That's a good thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It sucked because it was, you know, Dumb and Dumber, Kingpin, me, myself, and Irene, and then it's uh, like Fever Pitch, and you're like, why? Oh, this is the beginning of the end. Mm. Wasn't that the year that they actually won? Yeah. Like, it was like a miracle that they won, and it was wasted on And it was <laughs> wasted on, on them filming <laughs> Fever Pitch when finally the Red Sox won. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was a shame. Shame it wasn't a better movie because that would have been a really magical moment if it didn't suck so bad. <laughs> it was such a bad movie. I just, well, and him and uh, Taxi with Queen Latifah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. That classic. Mm. He just kills movies. He, that's what he was, even when he got the first Jimmy Fallon show from Conan, he was like, I was sitting around my house not really doing anything uh, when Lauren called. Like, he was pretty much done. 
I always thought yeah. he was good at the impressions yeah. on SNL, and I think still his musical impressions are good. But he always he seemed an odd choice to take over as host. But he did like he seemed likable enough. Yeah. But Conan was my favorite. Oh, Conan was the best. Yeah, there was just nobody who did late night better. Conan's yeah, he's just a fantastic person. Yeah, and and then you watch that and you're like, oh. Yeah, like it just nothing could ever replace, especially that late night NBC Conan. There was nothing better. Yeah. yeah. And then, yeah, Fallon just, it, he wasn't the worst. Yesterday, I think, was the anniversary of Conan's first late night show. It was 30 years since his late night show premiered on NBC. That makes sense. 93? Yeah. Yep. I, I remember that right when it came out, that's when I started watching. Dude, it was, it was such a great show. Yeah, I loved it. Was the reception good at first? Because no. I've heard that it was like... It was really changing the game at the time, and it was like people didn't understand like his style no, of comedy. He, yeah, he he didn't do well at first, um, and and the ratings started to grow. But then um, Letterman, who he had inherited it from, came on as a guest to kind of boost the ratings a little yeah. bit and build them up, and, and people tuned in for that. And then he he grew to the point where he's like one of the best hosts ever. Oh yeah. By the time he finished, yeah. I have a tattoo of Conan. Do you really? Oh yeah. Little really? NBC Conan logo, yeah. That's where I started cartoon. out in the industry. Wow. Yeah. Was that Conan? Yeah, I, I interned at Conan in 05, and then I became a receptionist there. And then I was a producer's assistant from 06 to 2010. So I moved from the late night show out to the Tonight Show, and I was there for all the Leno-Conan drama. Were you there for the war? Yeah. I've only read the book. That is so fascinating. Yeah, no, I was, I was there for that whole period. And it was such a... It was such a it was a tough time because the show was kind of ending and being pushed out, but it was one of the most fun times to work there because there was like these fan rallies outside of uh, Universal Studios and people holding up signs. There was a day when it was like raining, pouring rain, which it never does in L.A., and there was just hundreds of fans outside in the rain just cheering for Team Coco and stuff. It was, it was really cool. When that happened, honestly, do you feel that Conan just got screwed? Um, I do, yeah. Okay, because that's how I felt yeah. at the end of it. And I didn't hate Jay Leno huh. as much as people did, but I didn't... See, I I didn't like Jay Leno because I was never a fan of his show. I always thought it was kind of corny. I thought it was a good stand-up yeah. back in the day, but the show was corny. I don't like the way he played it, but... I know people that worked for Leno and said he's a good guy. So I don't yeah, I don't have any personal experience with him. I didn't know him. I didn't watch the show much. Uh, I, I, I saw his, I would see his stand-up at Comedy and Magic Club when yeah, I lived yeah. in LA. And I was honestly impressed. Yeah. Um, that's So I always knew him as a stand-up, which I thought was good. Uh, but I never, to me it was so odd because I remember Carson. And when Carson was leaving, he wanted Letterman. Yeah, yeah. And I wanted Letterman because I love Letterman. Yeah, Letterman. And and then he oddly, oddly enough, took the choice of Leno. Yeah. And then it came down to the weirdest time because Leno just decided to come back with the Jay Leno show yeah. and fire every newscaster that had a 10 p.m. spot in America. Yep. <laughs> like that just seems so it bizarre to me. And then it hurt Conan's ratings when he was ahead of ahead of Conan because it kind of there was no longer this like primetime lead in. Well, I thought and I thought his Tonight Show was so good, though. It reminded mm -hmm. me more of the Carson era. And oh, more. yeah. And the way that he left was so classy where he's like, look, it's everybody's dream to host The Tonight Show and I got to do it for this long. Yeah. But I just felt that he was so stabbed in the back over that. He, he was so he was so classy in all the statements he made and also the fun that, I mean, it was the writers producing the material, but all of us there that we had during that time when we kind of knew it was going to end those last two weeks, 
there was so much good comedy on the show. There was bits where they were just trying to waste NBC's waste money. money. You know, it was yes. like the, the Bugatti Veyron mouse. Oh, we yes. were talking so that, about yeah, that. Just had to rent a Veyron on NBC's bill for <laughs> yeah. every day. Yeah, it would say, is it funny? No. Is it expensive? Yeah. Yes. Ruining a Picasso with the like champion yes. racehorse that costs like a then, bunch of money. It, it like was that. also, everybody knows the Norm MacDonald uh, moth joke from Conan. Oh, for sure. But then there's also a great bit. During that final week, Norm was booked, uh, like it was one of the last two or three shows. And he comes on with this big gift basket for Conan. And he goes, uh, you know... I, I was here once before, but I forgot to bring this. I got you a gift for getting the Tonight Show. Can I read the card? <laughs> and the card, he goes, Dear Conan, congratulations on becoming the pers the permanent host of the Tonight Show. <laughs> That's something no one can ever take away from you. <laughs> so great. He goes on to read this whole, like... Congratulations letter. It's one of the best moments. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's the best. I yeah, that was a show that I really wish would have just continued to take off. Yeah. Was that your favorite job? Uh as far as writing and television? I, I wasn't a writer on Conan, I was a producer's assistant. Okay. But that environment there, yeah. I mean, I've I've had lots of, you know, like great jobs in television. I've loved them all. But that environment of Conan, the whole time I was there it was great, but especially that late night show in New York. Just, it was such a magical time in comedy. And so many people from that show have gone on to do so many other great things, you know, in comedy. The writers from that show have gone on to create so many amazing things. Yeah, even like even in my house, I have a painting that just says, you know, if you work really hard and you're kind, great things will happen. And yeah. it's a picture of Conan, and it's just for this, to, you know. Yeah. This is my attempt at a late night show, yeah, yeah. how much I love him and Letterman and and he he was always good too. I was glad to see that at the time uh, he had like Chad Daniels and Dan Cummings and uh -huh. a lot of comics that I really respect. Oh, they were so great at at getting the up and coming comics on there in New York. The Booker it was uh, Frank Smiley and Paula Davis. They would book, yeah before it switched. Yeah. And then um, J P Buck, who used to work for the Just for Laughs. Um, he was the booker in L.A. And, yeah, they got so many great comics on there. Yeah, JP was the one that ended up taking over. Yeah, yeah. And he was going to book me on there. Yeah. And then things happened. Oh, really? Yeah. We won't get... I'll, have to get I'll ask him about it. You can say I said hi. I will. <laughs> it's 100% my fault. Oh, really? I take accountability for it. Oh, okay. I was, Yeah, he approved me, and then I was like, so you're going to give me that spot, or are you going to... Because I was just getting to the point of tired in show business. Uh -huh. And don't do that. Oh, but it, I, it's sort of the story of my career. Like I got approved on Letterman and then yeah. Eddie got. Uh, oh, that's right. So I'm like, well, there's no proof of that. But then at least he came on Kumia's show and was like, no, David got it. I was like, so see, at least I got it. Evidence that it yeah, happened. That it yeah. Happened, yeah. Um, but Conan you got was, the uh, Bill Hicks treatment. Yeah. Although he taped his set. and then He they, taped and then his they, set, then they cut aired, it. And then later, like years later, they aired it. Well, and he apologized to his mom. Yeah, yeah. You know, so, which I thought was very classy. I thought that was very cool, yeah. Because Dave, honestly, I don't know whose call that was. Because he said, he's like, look, I I honestly don't know why I let it happen or mm. how it happened. But I, but for whatever reason, it was, I believe it was a, a pro-life joke or something yeah. like that. I always find that interesting because back then it was that he was doing, he was doing a pro-abortion joke. And I think they were afraid that pro-life people and Christians would be offended by it. And now in late night and comedy it's the left that's offended by, by, by that stuff it's, it's like the the comedians that have any joke that leans right are given that kind of treatment i feel like i think it's been that way for 15 years now. oh yeah it's been 15 years but it's interesting how that has reversed from entirely used to worry about oh the conservatives are too uptight and oh yeah it's the left yeah 
Well, now it's like the conservatives are too uptight, but the left is like, oh, they just went crazy. <laughs> they went on, they got unnecessarily mad about everything. Mm. It, but yeah. yeah, it's too bad. Like, uh, but yeah, no, JP did a great job of finding comics. I knew a lot of my friends that he put on. Um, my friend Jesse Pop was a writer oh, yeah. on the show. Jesse uh, started right around the time I left to go to Ellen. Yeah. Oh, did he? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Jesse's very funny. Yeah. Very, very good writer. Um, but yeah, the people that he would pick were just absolutely fantastic. So, yeah. and again, I take accountability for my own, uh, at the time, 15 years of road comic bitterness. Uh, just like, could you just, it does that to people. Just do what you said. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I, I regret that cause the, the Conan was like, that was my thing. Yeah. But you know, you learn a lesson in show business, which is, uh, just wait in line. Yeah. And and it's that is actually a very important lesson. Glad I could share that with you. Yeah, this was a big a big divergence, but it was yeah, an interesting conversation. Yeah, yeah. No, I who cares? We don't need to talk about news. I'd rather talk about. <laughs> yeah. I'd rather talk about people that worked during the war on late night. Are you kidding me? I yeah. think that's fantastic that you're part of that. So, did you end up going from Conan to? The- yeah. So so I um. I was at Conan for six years as a producer's assistant, and I wanted to be a writer. Like, that was always my dream. Yeah. And a writing job opened there, and I applied to it, but I didn't get it. It might have actually been Jesse that got the the writing job when I applied. Okay. And then I figured it's going to be another six years before another writing job opens here, because it's a great place to work. Everybody loves it, so they stay there forever. Yeah, it's crazy how it doesn't have turnover like all the other shows. Yeah, and then um, I started sending out writing packets elsewhere, and uh, Ellen's studio was at the Warner Brothers lot right next to Conan's. So a friend of mine, um, Carrie O'Keefe, who worked in the booking department at Conan, she had a friend at Ellen that heard there was a writing position there. And I sent them some, like, topical jokes, like weekend update-style jokes. And the producers called me back two weeks later and were like, hey, we like your jokes, but they're not really Ellen's style. If we send you some samples of her monologues, can you resubmit? So, like, over a weekend, I read the three samples they sent, and I watched, like, every Ellen clip I could online, like, all her old stand-up specials. Mostly dancing. Which are, yeah, I, I danced in my room as I wrote sure. to really get in. The, <laughs> it's the only time in my life I've danced. Her old stand-up is... Uh, oh, I, her, her old stand-up is great, and her old Carson set is just amazing. Brilliant, So yeah. strong, yeah. Um, and, yeah, I uh, went back and started working at Ellen, and I worked there for 10 years. And it was it was the studio was adjacent to Conan, so I still saw a lot of those people around, yeah. It's really cool. Yeah, Norm I met a couple times. and Same, yeah. And I didn't I, know him well, but. No, I, I didn't at all. But one of the compliments that he gave me is one that will always stick with me, which was, uh, you, you should be, oh, what was the name of the show? You should be on that show, Undateable. <laughs> and I didn't know if it was a compliment. And he goes, uh. Because, you know, that takes place in Detroit, and uh-huh. you're from Detroit, and, you know, they're not funny, and you are. Yeah. And I was like, thank you. <laughs> That's just the best way to say it. But at first, I didn't know what the show he was referencing was, so I just uh-huh. thought it was, like, calling me ugly. Yeah. But then I looked it up, and I was like, oh, it was like, like a Chris D'Elia show or something. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, was that was on. with Brent, yeah. Brent Morin and uh, Ron Funches, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 Ron Funches is great. Because Brent is very funny. Yeah, I have nothing against uh, any of them. It was just a nice compliment for me. (laughs) Yeah, Brent actually worked at the Tonight Show with Conan with me as a PA, I think. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think he he may have done Anthony's show with me Mm. before. Nice. But yeah, that was was a shortly lived show, I I believe. Yes, it was. Yeah. I I, (laughs) didn't get rid of the season. I think that was like the the Whitney had the one year. Yeah. Chris D'Elia just kills shows, I guess. 
Yeah, that, that's his biggest fault. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's by far. People sure. talk about Chris Clea's yeah. fault. It's always like, that guy kills shows. It's like, you know, there's one guy about, for some reason, that guy can't just keep, seem to keep a sitcom on. That's what they say. <laughs> that the guy's been thing? accused of ruining sitcoms. Yep, yeah, Keith. A lot of teenagers have accused him of ruining shows. <laughs> I met him at the Ice House back in March for the first time. Uh, this year? Yeah, he's very polite. Well, I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure he is. I guess you can't be a dick when, you know, oh. after, after that. <laughs> <laughs> you can't be, like, accused of that and also be mean. Uh, <laughs> where you're like, look, I don't know if he's a rapist, but he wasn't very nice. He's a, a nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> But I don't know. I I find all that so I don't know. So much of that stuff is so bizarre to me that I don't ever want to throw stones. Mm. Well, I, we just did for five minutes. But you know what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, I was, I'm, I'm so glad we went here. When you, I mean, before the show, you asked, "Are there any topics you want to avoid?" And I didn't even think of it. But I, was, I, I should have said, "Let's not bring up the accusations against Chris." <laughs> Talk about that. Is he a friend of yours? No. No, I just don't. It's, it's a weird topic. <laughs> it is a weird topic. Yeah, I, I don't, uh, I, but he was pleasant, mm -hmm. you know, I, I, I found him to be gentle. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, and, uh, it's what it is. Yeah. It's what it is. Yeah. He's a fan of this show. Is he? No. <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, he, he watched, uh, the Ice House is bizarre because Johnny Buss owns the Lakers. He did yeah, it. Yeah, he, been? He, yeah, he took over. I haven't been back since it reopened, no. Like when you walk in... It's just like the old ice house, but for some reason there's a now new room that's like a, a lounge for celebrities. And it's like an all velvet lounge uh, with a giant chandelier. It looks like Wilt Chamberlain's blowjob room. And for some <laughs> reason there's a two-way mirror that you can watch the comedy show. Oh, really? Very bizarre. Mm. So when I was walking through there with my friends, that's where he was. And I was like, this is an odd predicament. And yeah, that's where we met him. But yeah, he was just like, hi, I'm Chris. Well, oh, nice to meet you. Yeah. You know, and then my friend's wife was like, was that? And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's him. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I met him years ago at the comedy store because I was friends with Brent and Brent would perform with him all the time. Um, I, I met him briefly. I never really had a strong opinion about him one way or the other. No, I, I never. I, I just, I don't know. I'm a comic, so I don't really watch a lot of specials and yeah. be like, yeah, he's the bestest. Uh -huh. I've seen him live. Did you like him? Yeah, I used to be. I used to be a really big fan of his. Were you? Mm -hmm. Yeah. What happened? <laughs> I just grew out of him. I guess I just uh, got too old. That's what he said about you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just outgrew him. <laughs> uh, there was a one in front of the number. <laughs> yeah, I got, I got into the twos, and it was. Yeah, it was just oh, sorry, Chris. <laughs> There is one weird story though where uh, I will I don't I'm not gonna say I'm defending anything, but the accusation is he called a girl up to his room. He called down to a front desk, and he said my air conditioner is broken, in a five star hotel, and the front desk girl went up, and he was naked in his room, and I was like, yeah, here's the problem with that. I've stayed in a lot of hotels. The number of times the front desk girl comes up to fix your air conditioner. Roughly zero percent. Well, if it was hot in there, I could see why he would be 
naked. Well, yeah, but never once would a would a, they hot have this girl. They have like a <laughs> big fat guy that comes to do that's, that. They have a guy who <laughs> yeah. does that. They don't send the front desk girl to be like, "Let me fix your air conditioner." <laughs> and then he's true. just naked in there, like, "Hey, it's, it's hot in here." <laughs> I'll tell you what, though. I don't know what kind of sheets he likes, but I'll tell you what kind of sheets I like. Miracle Made. Mm. They're inspired by NASA. <laughs> Miracle Made uses silver infused. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Miracle Made uses silver infused fabrics and makes temperature regulating bedding so you can sleep at the perfect temperature all night long. Self-cooling properties for a better quality sleep using silver-infused fabrics by NASA. Well, inspired by NASA. I shouldn't say NASA just gave them secrets to space travel, <laughs> but that's how they were inspired. They have uh, thermoregulating, and I, I don't know what that means, but I'm going to tell you what I know what it means. I sleep very hot. But at night, I just sweat. I eat a lot of butters. I enjoy meats, uh, a lot of sugars. I have to turn my uh, air conditioner down to 52. And uh, I still wake up just covered in a flop sweat, afraid that people are chasing me. But because of this, it doesn't matter. Because these sheets are infused with silver that prevent up to 99.7% of bacterial growth. So no matter how much sweat comes off my greasy, terrified body during my fever dreams, my <laughs> sheets aren't even that dirty, and they're still comfortable. <laughs> I wake up, and I feel great. It's a luxury brand, at least it certainly feels that way, and it's used by some five-star hotels. I didn't know if the sheets were going to work, but then I got them, and I tried them, and I love them. And I got to tell you, you should give them a go. TryMiracle.com slash normal. Do go there, and you can save 40%. And if you use promo code normal at checkout, you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. So again, that's go to TryMiracle.com slash normal. And use the code NORMAL to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, NORMAL is the code. And you won't even have to call the front desk girl to come. No. Uh, you don't have to be like, my air conditioner's broke. I'm already cool enough from these sheets. Yeah. I don't have to make up an alibi. <laughs> It's the first time I've seen a podcaster go from a story about an alleged rapist to endorsing <laughs> sheets. <laughs> They're never going to... It's a good segue. I guess you've never seen me do a commercial. <laughs> what was it the other day? We were talking about, oh gosh, some sort of sex crimes, and then we had to talk about underwear. Oh, man. And it was like... Yeah. segue. And I like that underwear, too. It's good underwear. It's really good underwear. It's... um Undertack. Undertack, Undertack. Great. I'm gonna. I, I don't have this stuff. I'm gonna get the sheets and the underwear. I gotta, yeah, like, gotta try you know, it out. You yeah, know how to... your fly in your underwear just this is like suchins, like a mm. like a fish mouth, if you will. <laughs> this one opens like that, like like a trough, so it doesn't. You're. It's not gonna poke out. Oh, okay. I it's... wasn't sure where you were going. If you were like, so you don't feel it, or so it feels good. No, it's like so you, it's you down never. There. It's down there doing yeah, this. All. It's never gonna tickle your zipper. You're uh -huh. never gonna have a bad day like that. Nice. You know what I mean? Like you're welcome, just, under tack for the free end. Keep it in your pants, tack. <laughs> Speaking. Yeah, of. they didn't even pay for an ad today. Well, I'm gonna call them. 
Well, you guys can send me money. Or more underwear. I owe a bookie a great deal of money. Mm. Please. <laughs> I would put up a GoFundMe, but then my family would know. <laughs> anyway, you know Hunter Biden, right? I do not, but he's... He seems like he'd be a wild guy to know. <laughs> he seems like a fun guy to like hang out with. like the Bidens, yeah. but he seems like he'd be a wild guy. Yeah, he's, uh, well, earlier today, Hunter was indicted uh, on three gun charges. Um, the, the charges came weeks after the unexpected collapse of a deal with federal prosecutors. The most serious charges carry up to 10 years in prison and up to $250,000 in fines. Two of the counts charging him with lying about his illegal drug use while purchasing a revolver in 2018. The third count charges him with possession of a firearm by a person who is an unlawful drug user. The, well, I'm not anymore. The White <laughs> House referred <laughs> requests uh, to the Justice Department and Hunter Biden's legal team. Hunter did write in his own memoir that he was addicted to crack at the time he bought the gun. That's a stupid thing to add if you're getting in trouble for it. Confessing crimes in the memoir. Yeah, especially if it's not past the statute of limitations. Yeah. Like, you shouldn't do that. You gotta wait till later. (laughs) You gotta... Wait a few years and then say, oh, yeah, I did it. Yeah, be like... Who's that poet? Alan Watts? Uh, I don't know this story, I don't think. I don't know who that is. I can... What what was... No, maybe it's not Alan Watts. He used to hang out with, you know... uh, Jack Kerouac. Oh, Ginsburg. Alan Ginsburg. Alan Ginsburg. Yeah. That pedo that people yeah. hilariously quote. They're like, Alan Ginsburg, Alan Ginsburg once said, yeah, Alan Ginsburg was a pedophile. Stop quoting him. <laughs> but there's even lines that are very pedophilic in some of his poems. Yeah. It's very obvious. Yeah. He's a monster. And people think they're intelligent because they've cut and paste something. I always love that too online where it's like, you just found that. Well, they always read the first, it's Howl, where they they read the first line, they're like, I've seen the best minds of my generation, and but it's like a 20-page poem, and there's all this gross, <laughs> gross graphic gay stuff later. <laughs> I should just start finding the worst part of a poem, <laughs> and just quoting it, and just putting that part. Yeah. <laughs> just putting, like, Roll Dahl said, what? <laughs> um... Well, anyway, so uh, Biden knew is what we found out today. Mm. And an actual Joe Biden, uh, you know, do we have the clip, right? Do we actually we have, have the, the phone voicemail. call? Yes, yeah, you have the voicemail, voicemail that he found out. This is a real voicemail. This is a real voicemail. We didn't actually make this up. Uh, <laughs> it was... Uh, I was confused at first. I was expecting a sketch and they were like, no, we, this is a real voicemail. We were. We shot so many sketches yesterday and one today with you that yeah. I'm very excited to have come out that uh, we didn't have time to make a fake one. But we would have. Well, I want to hear the real one. Let's hear it. It's Dad. I called to tell you I love you. I love you more than the whole world, pal. I gotta get some help. I don't know what to do. I know you don't either, but I'm here no matter what you need. No matter what you need, I love you. Well, that just made me have empathy. I don't like. It is, it's, it's sad to hear that. Yeah, I didn't. I mean, it's like I thought we'd make like a light of it. I, I don't like anything that they're doing now, but it, it, it's a sad voicemail. No, I don't like them at all, and that's what sucks. Mm. Is like being a drug addict in recovery, and yes, I know a lot of you know that. Blah blah blah. But 
like it it sucks because I think it's it's still his son, regardless of you know the fact that he he's a monster. Well, I, what that's why I sort of feel I felt bad for Biden at first during his presidency because it felt like the Democratic Party. It's like they had to get somebody in there, and he right. was old, and he was the next in line. And, but there was this part where he, when he was Obama's vice president, he was just kind of a guy in the background. You didn't really have a strong opinion about him one way or the other. And he has had a lot of personal tragedy in his life. It's like, why don't you just retire? You're old. Yeah. But all this hardship, just go be with your family and deal with that. Don't well, ruin the country and deal with all that. And he was such a bargaining chip for the first black president because yeah. of the stuff he said that you never thought. It's like, well, we can put him in there. That way Barack will be safe because nobody will ever want that to be president. Yeah. And that's the insane part that now that he is actually the president and it's just getting worse and worse. And now they've used Kamala to make sure nobody wants to get rid of him. Dude, that's that's they the still t- want to get rid of him. Yeah. Like Democrats don't even they're like They want to get rid of her too though. Yeah. yeah. They're like, we should go to Barack's house and have them both go out on a kayak. <laughs> it's it's just <laughs> it's but that that voicemail is from twenty eighteen and then uh you know, three days after he had bought the gun. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's also more. Can you scroll up? <laughs> I was going to tell you, you know, if that gave you some empathy, we can <laughs> go to something a little more lighthearted. No, I, I there. No, there was some stuff that I did want to cover in that, yeah. though. Like uh, this show's not always uh, I'm doing my best. Fun. I, you're doing fantastic. <laughs> I'm not doing anything. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, during a Vietnam press conference on Sunday, President Biden was asked about the United States' relationship with China, where he gets a bunch of money. <laughs> he responded by saying that he had to go to bed. Let's see this. In the light. For, and uh, I see. I'm just following my orders here. I have a game plan. He may have a game plan. He just hasn't shared it with me. But I tell you what, I don't know about you, but I'm going to go to bed. seems competent as a president. Yeah, I don't think there's anything to worry about. <laughs> People seem to be mm, exaggerating how dangerous this is. Yeah. <laughs> We're all going to die. <laughs> I think I'm going to go to bed. Do you think he did right after, too? I think he goes to bed almost immediately after every appearance he makes. I think they wake him up like, yeah. out of his coffin. There was that thing, uh, it was a month or so ago, where I, I just got like a CPAP machine that has those like like the mask thing. Oh, it, you don't have to explain it to me. Through, oh, you, you, <laughs> you bet. But he came out with those lines and they said it was from a CPAP machine. And it seemed like he literally just woke up and that he went out and... Which is odd conference. at the time that that was. Yeah, it was in the afternoon. Yeah. I also, like, I have a CPAP machine, but during an afternoon nap, I don't necessarily no, put it. Yeah. yeah, like, I'm not that at risk of dying, but if for a full night's sleep, I throw it on. I think he's at risk of dying every, most, most moments of the day. You look completely healthy, though. Well, I, I'm, I'm pretty healthy, but I, there's something with where my throat closes at night. It's a new thing for me. I just, I just started it. No, mine's, uh, I found it about two years ago. Oh, okay. Yeah, I found out this year. Yeah, and then I, I get to be the youngest one on the plane carrying around my little... See, I don't... How do I, you find out? You just can't breathe at night? You just wake up, like, not breathing? How well, you... I, I would snore, and then also, um, I would get a full night's sleep and still be tired in the morning. 
And so then they do like a sleep test and it, and it turns out like your throat closes and you're not getting like oxygen. And okay. so you, you, you wake up and it raises your blood pressure and this, this machine like keeps your throat okay. open. Yeah. All right. Just curious. Actually, mine was closer to seven years ago. Now that I think about it, I didn't have a great concept of mm. time. My uh, wife kept telling me that I uh, was snoring. And she would make me sleep in the yard and in the basement <laughs> and uh, constantly kick me really hard, yeah. like in a way that it would leave bruises. And eventually I went and I was like, I, I, I understand that I snore when I sleep, I'm told. And uh, that's when I did the test. And they were mm. like, yeah, you die, whatever, during the night four or five times. Mm. And, you know, sadly, I, I, I get up. <laughs> So, <laughs> so I went in and they're like, yeah, you have, which I wasn't surprised. Yeah. I always knew I was a snorer. My dad snored. I knew a guy who, he snored and his wife made him get like a, like his uvula removed. Really? Yeah. There's it like seems a, drastic. It is drastic, right? And it didn't stop him snoring. So. My friend made his wife get her ovaries removed. Because oh, she well, snored? That's... I don't know. <laughs> we'll try she was this. Annoying. Just guessing. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't go into detail. I was half listening. <laughs> Just scrape him out. Get him out. <laughs> Tired of you. Yeah, that's a that seems a bit much though. That's the ball thing at the end. Yeah. I have the biggest uvula ever. That's quite a brag. I'm not even, I'm, you know what? I just realized how gross that was trying to sound. I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. Weird flex. Yeah. No, yeah. like honestly, like I had a doctor shine a flashlight in my mouth once and he was like, are you all right? Like, do you want, we, we should probably get you like to the hospital. And I was like, why? And he's like, and he showed me and I go, yeah, that's just my, that's what it is. Is that not everybody's? And now I've seen other people's uvula totally like tiny. Oh really? Wow. Yeah, you guys have like tiny little like. Don't say, don't say you guys. Things. Maybe I have a huge you. Let's see. No, I want to <laughs> see it after the show. So, that's so weird. Doing that. <laughs> I the camera can't see it here. No, uh, just show me and I have right, him open I, his mouth. <laughs> this is a talk show. <laughs> this is come on. This is Drew Barrymore let's level. Back, let's get back to Biden. No, <laughs> I want to. Not, but it's it's disgusting. I mean, maybe, and I think that's why I snore so much is because I have a uvula. You've got a, wreck, a wrecking ball swinging. It's a. Floor. It's just this giant <laughs> nonsense uvula. <laughs> Miley Cyrus is swinging on it. Yeah, just dangling from it. Yeah. It's riddled with herpes. <laughs> Syphilis is on the rise in Texas. Is it really? Yes. Where? Everywhere in Texas. Why? You Texans. <laughs> That's why I'm glad I don't go around and do all that mischief. Yeah. I don't think we do either. Well, I hope you don't. <laughs> Careful Texans, syphilis. That's why you got to wear, guys, condoms. Or else you're going to wake up with syphilis and then your brain's going to rot like El Capone. That's right. Yeah. That's how he died. Well, he died of like other stuff, but a lot of it was because of the syphilis. Nietzsche too. Yeah. Philosopher, yeah. A lot of great thinkers. Mm. <laughs> Taken down. <laughs> struck, struck down in their prime. I just love, I don't know why it's so funny to me, but just the idea of the federal agents sitting outside of uh, Capone's Miami house, watching him fish in his pool, being like, we think he's faking. And it's like, <laughs> 
He's spending 10 hours a day outside. <laughs> I didn't even know he did that. He would fish in his pool? Yeah, and he would smoke carrots. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Dude, he was, oh he was clearly like riddled with syphilis. Gosh. And they were like, I think he might be faking. It's like, <laughs> I don't think, I don't think he is. He's not enjoying this. He's happier in jail. That is like a cartoonish way to fake it, though. I got to convince the feds. I'm going to go smoke a carrot and fish in the pool. For <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, he's inside. He's totally fine. What can I do? <laughs> it's, like, it's like they're so stupid. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, guys, if syphilis is on the rise, it's bad. Mm, I just yes. want people to know. Speaking yeah. of syphilis, do you guys remember the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence? I do. They were the uh, gay nun or the drag queen nuns at the Dodgers Pride Night. Harmless. <laughs> <laughs> you know, good for kids. Those innocent. Yeah, they wanted drag queen anti-Catholic nuns. Yeah, the the drag queen anti-Catholic nuns that yeah. wanted to, you know, in and I felt it was important to bring it to baseball. That was the one thing that was missing. Yeah, because yeah. I was like, whenever I bring my son out to a, to a ball game, we'll go to a Tigers game, and I'll be like, I just wish there was a man dressed as a nun. <laughs> oh. Yeah, you know. See, I couldn't put my finger on it. I was like, this is kind of fun. There's just one thing missing. Yeah. And then they nailed it. I was like, oh, that that's, that's it. it. That's it. That's it. It's that, it's, it's Sister Mary dick out. <laughs> you shouldn't put your finger on that. <laughs> <laughs> What an off! Like, why ruin everything? And you are you. Me? Oh. No, no, not you. <laughs> you really I know that. Uh, no, you're not dressing up as a nun at a baseball game still. Well, not still, but oh, you learned your lesson. I did. We beat her. One of our guys at the Babylon B, uh, Jarrett. He's in a lot of our sketches. He and a friend they had tickets randomly to go see the Dodgers. And he didn't realize when his friend invited him, it turned out being that pride night. So they, they went and there was gay guys dressed as nuns all around. <laughs> <laughs> what a good prank. <laughs> Why have it? I don't know. You just have to sit there and you're in like your, you're in your ball cap and yeah. team jersey. Mind you, the guy behind you just looks like he's from a horror movie. Yeah. From the late 70s. <laughs> just... Everybody around you looks like it's just a, a monkeypox outbreak. <laughs> I forgot about monkeypox. <laughs> monkeypox. I was, forgot about it. Yeah, monkeypox oh. came and went. It was so fatal. Mm -hmm. It was like Super AIDS, if you remember that. Yeah. Super AIDS was around. They're like, it's here. And it's like, it's not going to last if it's that super. And it didn't. <laughs> Maybe we'll find out in a few years that a lot of great thinkers died of monkeypox. <laughs> All of our greatest philosophers. The best ones. Gangsters. <laughs> uh, yeah, and gangsters. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's going to be... Uh... Oh, man, why am I blanking on his name? It would have been a good joke. Oh, I hate when that Easy E? No, no, not Easy E. Oh. That was AIDS. Let's be serious. Why would you do that? Because? I was thinking about the guy who was in the wheelchair and, you know. Hawking? Stephen Hawking. Thank oh. you. Stephen Hawking. <laughs> Probably had monkeypox. <laughs> he could have. He that was, was your he was joke. Man. He was a ladies' man. You had that joke. I was watching your stand-up set about how he was an anti-summer. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and you thought it was so great that he overcame such odds to become an anti-summer. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm glad you said that's one of my jokes that I've forgotten. Like you ever do it so long yeah. and somebody reminds you and you're like, oh yeah, like I haven't done that joke in oh. like four or five years. I love that joke. Cause you yeah. just, the crowd's like, go on. And yeah. like, it's, it's exactly <laughs> he overcame incredible odds to become an anti-Semite. I love how somebody who is just completely, their body is ravaged and they're destroyed and they want to tell you why another race is inferior to them. <laughs> well, like, and it's weird because you said about the monkeypox. He was also, he, didn't he like divorce one woman and then get with another? Like he, he got with in, his nurse. He was in a yeah. wheelchair and he still had like an affair or a divorce or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, both. Yeah, because yeah, whoever was like working. It's unstoppable. The com- yeah. Yeah, because whoever was working the computer, because, you know, that was BS. Mm-hmm. Whoever was doing it was like hitting on the nurse forum. Yeah. Yeah, they're like, yeah, his, his straw's doing that typing. I don't think so. <laughs> Bunch of lies. <laughs> uh, may he rest in peace. I, I think that's the problem, though, with being that smart, is like God will give you the choice where he goes, look, you can know the secrets of the universe, but it's a lot of information you're going to have to lose some information that's in your brain. And he knew so much that it's like, dude, you're about, you're not going to be able to walk. Mm. <laughs> you, you, you're, you're figuring out strength theory and how to time travel. Like you're going to forget how to chew. <laughs> and then finally it's like, dude, it's just like, you, you, you know, too much. You're done. Like you forget how to do everything. How, else. how black holes work goes in exactly the same place as the remembering to breathe on your own. <laughs> it's, it's like, yeah, it's like, <laughs> unfortunate. <laughs> yeah, it's like there's no way your body can contain those two elements. You just don't have the capacity. There's no way. So the, the sisters, anyway, of perpetual indulgence. Uh, believe it or not, one of the members uh, was uh, arrested, and I was shocked, uh, for masturbating in public. It's always the last one you expect. What? I was stunned. I, I couldn't believe it. It was uh, uh, a wonderful young lady uh, <laughs> named... <laughs> Put my, my, yeah, look at this. It, it, it looks like a guy from the old Got Milk commercial. <laughs> Uh, the member was 53-year-old Clinton Monroe Ellis Gilmore. <laughs> Any guy with four names. Is yeah, anybody with suspect. four names is just somebody who I respect. Uh, he masturbated for an hour in uh, Bluff County Park in uh, Lolita, California. Mm-hmm. He was sitting in his truck with the door open. He made no attempts to hide his act. He was arrested and charged with indecent exposure, a misdemeanor that could lead to up to six months of prison time, a $1,000 fine, and a requirement to be on a sex offender registry. While California is real strict, uh, he goes by Queen Beth Cockham. <laughs> Gilmore. 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 <laughs> Why did it take an hour? It's like, I don't want to take the. <laughs> Queen Beth Cockham. Gilmore is my married. Yeah, is, that's my. I, I never bothered to drop the Cockham. <laughs> <laughs> and a, he also appeared shirtless in his mugshot, which uh, you saw. I didn't know that was a choice. I didn't either, but they're like... Maybe Trump would have gone for that. Yeah, can you imagine if you're yeah. getting a mugshot and you're like, listen, shirt, no shirt, and you're like, no, nah, no shirt. Like, All right, it's your choice. I want to look hot for my mugshot. Yeah, they're like, now how do you want to do this? Side? What, what's your better side? you <laughs> <laughs> better like the, the garb. Queen <laughs> <laughs> Oh... 
So Danny Masterson got 30 years to life, and this guy got a $1,000 fine, and that's the most physical proof you can have? (laughs) I'm not saying Danny's innocent. I'm just saying, yeah, you don't have a ton of physical proof, but then you have this guy masturbating in front of a park. With the door open. With the door open. No effort to hide it. Which, by the way, (laughs) for an hour. Yeah, Yeah. that's what I was going to say. Like... Is it an hour? An hour. Yeah. It's Long like, time. don't you... It, it, the goal is to get it out. Yeah, I don't... <laughs> it seems like you know what I'm saying. I, oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you, you masturbate. And I masturbate in public. Yeah. Just, I mean, it takes five minutes. Try to get minutes. it over as quickly as possible. <laughs> <laughs> I take no pleasure in it. Door closed. Yeah, it's just, a, it's just to get the devil to stop telling me what to do. <laughs> <laughs> just... Do you think the Dodgers will invite him to masturbate in front of the whole stadium next year? (laughs) He throws out the first wank. (laughs) You're homophobic if you don't appreciate this art. You don't like what he did? I don't understand. Now here... (laughs) I don't think he's a pitcher. No. (laughs) He's actually catching on all Uh. fours. (laughs) (laughs) He never misses a ball. Oh, Oh, no. (laughs) Guy's got the best glove in the business. <laughs> Just. Well, we have run out of time for today's show, but I want to thank you so much for coming. Oh, thanks for having me. This was such a blast. I really enjoyed having you, and uh, we have. Uh, we hope you come back. Oh, I'd love to, man. This was such, so much fun. And we have a sketch coming out with you very soon that we got to film today. That was a blast. Mm-hmm. Where can we see you perform, though, more importantly than anything? Uh, so you can check me out on YouTube, Adam Yenser, and I will be headlining the Drop Comedy Club in South Bend, Indiana, September 22nd and 23rd. And I'll be at the Colorado Springs Comedy Fest, September 27th to 30th. And uh, I'll also give a shout out, get the uh, Babylon Bee Guide to Gender, which the Babylon Bee is selling right yes. now. Yes. They brought it in. It was great. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so good. Very, very funny. Um, you can see me, if you'd like, at the Wonders Theater. I will be masturbating in my car <laughs> on September 22nd and 23rd, door wide open, uh, wearing my nun hat. And also, I will be at the uh, Leicester, is that right? Leicester? Leicester. Leicester Square Theater. In the United Kingdom, London, next March, the 23rd. And now we're going to get to our final segment. Yes. The end of the world. Wow. Dylan Mulvaney uh, said she would like to star in a Super Bowl ad this year. After single-handedly destroying the Bud Light brand, what company would you like to see him be a spokesperson for? Now, before I go to my panel, feel free to leave your comment below. I'm sure they'll be fun. First, Adam. Uh, I would say Ocean Gate, because what do they have to lose at this point? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Take your next Titanic sub trip with Dylan Mulvaney. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Do you hear they want to go to Mars? Do they really? Yeah. Oh, and there's man. people that are like, okay. It's like, yeah, yeah you should really trust them. They're good with C. Why not? <laughs> a pressure. Why, why not air? Pressurized yeah, anything pressurized seems good. They've got a new, uh, the new PlayStation controller for this one. Yeah, it's a, it's a brand new. <laughs> Seriously, guys, we spent over a hundred dollars on it. <laughs> it's fine. Bring your kids. All right, Angela. Um, Pfizer. Oh, I like that. Yeah, yeah, you should do Pfizer, girl. There you go. <laughs> 
I say Snickers because you're not yourself when you're hungry, and I'd like to see him turn into literally anyone else. <laughs> Thank you very much for tuning into Normal World. We will be back next Tuesday, same place, same time. Good night.